What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest, hottest news. Hottiest, 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 hottiest news. <laughs> yeah. What? With a touch of what, Terence? Touch of uh, strange pronunciation. <laughs> Once in a while, hottiest, 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 hottiest news. Wow, just getting out of the weekend. Uh, getting out of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Speaking it was of which, a exciting yeah. weekend for you, right? Yeah, my brother got married. Mm. And yeah, no, so I was talking about the Premier League and all that, but okay. <laughs> you say exciting right. weekend for me, why? Yeah, it's an exciting weekend for, for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Football fans yeah. around the world, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But you watched yeah, the, the the three games last night, uh? Three games? What three games? I thought there were it was two that mattered, lah, right? I mean there were some that mattered for different reasons also, lah, right? Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, Tottenham, yeah. Arsenal. It yeah. was just like fucking exciting, lah. No, it's just whether you sat through those three goals that, that Manchester City scored, lah. Whether you uh. watch all three of them. Because they came like in like, what, six minutes or something? Yeah. Crazy, right? So I, I literally flipped over to the Liverpool side. And I missed all three goals in the Man City side. Yeah, I, I missed the goals, but I haven't watched caught up on the highlights. Like. But to people listening who are wondering, what the hell are we talking about? Basically, the English Premier League, for the first time since 2011, the final champion was decided on the last day. And mm. basically, Man City was one point ahead of Liverpool. If Man City drew or lost and Liverpool won, Liverpool would win. Then Liverpool went a goal behind. No, yeah, goal behind, they equalised Man City. So it was really neck and neck. And at the end of the day, Liverpool lost out by one point. And I'm so mm. fucking happy. I'm so happy yeah. Yeah. that Liverpool then, didn't win. But I mean, I, I, I think you can't uh, take away from any any of the teams. Uh. They all yeah. they all played really, they played their hearts out. And there was no like, no, no none of the teams, even those that were, you know, just like, oh, you take for granted that Liverpool will beat Wolves. No, 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 nothing was taken for granted, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the icing on the cake, uh, or, or should I say the fine, the salt in the wound, was that Menu lost 1-0. Mm, like mm. there was all this excitement about these matches and nobody, like the Menu game nobody was... Cared, yeah. Fucking nobody cared. And yeah, I'm a Menu fan, so it hurts like shit. Ronaldo didn't play. Yeah, he didn't uh, care either. Yeah. The new manager was watching. It was just a... Sh- I cannot so believe sick. it. Like it's almost they oh they lost. Okay lah, kind of expected. Yeah. The last day of their worst season ever. Yeah. Lose and they still yeah. qualify for Europa League. Yeah. Whatever, whatever. Apparently they they're so embarrassed about the season that they cancelled their year end you know uh, player awards. Yeah, uh, yeah, correct. Ceremony. Yeah, yeah. Which is like you you imagine cancelling your own D and D your company D and D because <laughs> your like, company is doing like shit lah. Yeah. Your company did so bad. There's no company D and D. Wallah. Well, like, that's yeah. how bad it is, uh. That's how bad. But it yeah, is. uh, but that, yeah, it's a. Uh, uh, do we have anything to plug uh, before we jump into it? Uh, our subreddit is on the cusp of going past a thousand nine hundred members. We are mm. at one eight nine seven. So if three of you who have been listening to us religiously and have not participated in the Reddit would just get a damn Reddit account and join <laughs> our subreddit, uh, yeah. it would be great. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I I appreciate that you know some people after hearing us talk about the subreddit being quiet actually came on the subreddit just to post something and make a bit of noise. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. but but yeah, I mean, there, there's still a lot of interesting uh, posts and discussions going on, which we can highlight later. Mm. Twelve hour one short comments or so lah. Correct, correct. Mm. But All I right. can't wait to jump into our first topic of the day. It is like the most exciting piece of news. That we could find on a Monday. Fucking exciting. Fucking yeah. exciting. It's the perfect icing. Like now this is the icing on the cake of the exci- excitement last night. Yes. 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 Exactly. And what is it? It is uh, <laughs> the MOM is going to implement mandatory rest days by end 2022 for migrant domestic workers. As announced by uh, MP uh, Gan Xiao Huang. Minister yeah. of State for Manpower. Sorry, not MP. Minister of State for Manpower Gan Xiao Huang. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you recall Gan Xiaohuang, you know, remember during the election, she was the one that delivered a very rousing uh, rally speech yeah, yeah. on her when she got uh, when she got announced as the winner of the, the her estate. And yeah. uh, people likened it to like a war, a battle cry because like, she came from SAF and all. Uh. Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but this time she delivered the news in a much more uh, palatable, much less militaristic way, like, right? Yeah, and watching the video a bit, like it's the one where she was speaking at a 
a May Day event organized by NTUC, the National mm. Trade Union Congress, and the Center yep. for Domestic Employees. La. And yep. she's speaking into the camera and like, yeah, like, I also was like, wait, 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 is this the same uh, ex-army uh, uh, person? But yeah, la, so yeah. now she's been, she's been, she's been kind of like made more of a politician. La. Yeah, yeah. And, more uh, of a politician. Yeah, very, very, very gentle tones and, and saying hello to all the, you know, uh, migrant domestic workers and all that. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, this this is not the first time that this has been uh, announced uh, mm. or uh, hinted at. Like, the first time yeah. happened actually back in 2021 um, when she gave a, a speech in parliament uh, at the, no, sorry, at the Committee of Supply 2021. Like. And mm. in that, she first touched on the one of the things she discussed there was the strengthening protect of protection for foreign domestic workers against abuse, correct, correct. And this yeah. was off the back of some horrible fucking yeah. abuse cases that came out in the news. The most disgusting of which was uh, a domestic worker from Myanmar who got tortured over the course of ten months and ultimately yeah. died at the hands of her employer. Yeah. I mean, um, her name is Pyong Yai Don. Rest yeah, in peace. Yeah. Uh, and her, yeah, her employers have been jailed for thirty years. Yeah, it yeah. was a mother daughter, uh, mother yeah. and daughter, right? It's, yeah, yeah. It's fucking disgusting, la, Like the the crimes they did, and she died after an assault, after one yeah. of many assaults, la. Yeah. So and, and they were. Weighed, yeah. I think it was she weighed like what 20, 24, 24, 24 kg. Yeah, when she passed. Yeah. Yeah, she was a twenty four year old woman who weighed twenty four kilograms. Mm-hmm. is ridiculous la. so I mean that was and along with some other cases that came out of domestic workers being abused so so Gan Xiaohang mentioned it there um, and uh, some of the things she mentioned was that the penal code was enhanced in 2020 to ma- double the maximum punishment against uh, individuals who abuse domestic workers um, and also certain things from the case that needed rectifying la. like apparently that uh uh, but domestic helper had been brought to the doctor two months before she passed, and mm. she had injuries, she had wounds. But I think it got it, the what the, the the employer said is that she fell down, la, and the mm. doctors never highlighted the thing, and it went under the radar. Mm. So yep, yep. with all that, there was this announcement, and I mean the the reason, like for me, the reason you know when you said that oh we're the ir- irony of jumping into a uh, news as exciting as this. Uh, I mean, it's it, we were we were being sarcastic because to mm. me this one is like, um, yeah, I, I, it's almost like okay, yeah, this this is a great thing, um, mm. but it felt like shouldn't. I mean, I was surprised that this was just coming out now. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it was uh, first announced in uh, July last year. Yeah, but I guess because of COVID and the fact that Singapore only opened up recently, then you know they've they've yeah practically taken about a year to address it with official, uh, by announcing that it will it will be implemented by the end of this year lah. Yeah. Yeah, and also some other things happening is that okay. So basically, the crux of this is that the mandatory rest day cannot be compensated away because right now, from what I understand, I mean, my only interactions is uh, me and my fiance. We have a part-time helper who comes like every two three weeks, mm. um, and does like two three hours. So, mm. so from what I understand is that for live-in helpers, you uh they are allowed four rest days per month. Yeah, which can uh, one be one day a week, uh, Yeah, well, one day a week, which can be exchanged for compensation, right? Correct, correct. I mean, it's it's more like, uh, yeah, if they want, if they prefer not to have their rest day and prefer to rather just stay stay home and work and earn a bit more cash, can, yeah, that, that that's possible, uh, Yeah, or they can also provide part time help elsewhere, or is that kind of like just an informal under the? Uh, I believe there is informal under informal. the table kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. So this new policy is that regardless of whether they are willing to work in exchange for compensation, they, there's one day per month they cannot exchange. Mm, correct, right? correct. They have to, yeah. Yeah, and then the other big thing is that there's now a, a 24-7 helpline that has been established uh, mm. with the CDE, which is the Center for Domestic Employees, where helpers can get uh, support all around the clock. Yeah, yeah. Like whistleblowing. Yeah. Whistleblowing, right, I guess. Yeah. So, so what made you want to talk about this topic? Huh? Um, I mean, 
it's uh around the world uh, it's not just in Singapore right the the rights of migrant workers are uh you know being highlighted by not only activists but also the general public uh, for example uh, you know they they talk about the conditions that a lot of migrant uh workers you know uh, in the lead up to say the Qatar World Cup or, or uh you know uh the, the building conditions in Dubai, for example, they talk about the the conditions of migrant workers there, la. And I think in Singapore last year there was also a very big um, focus on on the you know migrant workers living conditions mm. because of the because of COVID and our strategy to to keep them in their dormitories and to you know to have them only uh, come out for the work. And uh, you know the the and limit their social interaction outside of outside of their dorms, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I mean, there was a lot of uh, questions there, uh, criticisms and questions in that during that very tumultuous time for the Ministry of Manpower, right? Yeah, remember yeah. it caught and it culminated in Josephine Teo's uh, saying, uh, "No one has asked for an apology and all that," right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I I just saw this. Um, now now this one's more focused on the migrant domestic workers who don't have it uh, that much easier either, right? A yeah, lot of them, yeah. you know, during COVID also they yeah they could, even they had off days they also couldn't really go out right? And yeah. they couldn't gather public spaces and, and things like that. So um, I think yeah like like you, I also think it, it's a it's a step in the right direction to address this. Mm. Uh, although yeah, like, it's not a gangbusters kind of announcement, but it's at least the, uh, the the very least you could say is that the government is is aware of the problem and aware mm. of the situation and aware that yeah, like, in when you're locked up with with people during a pandemic and and you know sh- shit can happen lah. Uh, not I mean not just for domestic helpers, but even just just regular people being locked up during a pandemic as well, like, right? Yeah. So some form of uh. Some form of help is good. Is good also lah. Because I I was quite uh heartened before to hear that actually there are there are uh, a lot of different interest groups that look to uh, provide some entertainment for for domestic workers, migrant domestic workers on weekends uh, mm. You know, as yeah. they they especially during COVID uh, right? They they try to to do things that they could do indoors and 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 without breaking any laws and things like that lah. Uh. Uh, so it's a. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to be too cynical about it and say that what about this, what about that, but uh, yeah, this this at least is a step in the right direction. Hmm. Yeah, it is a step in the right direction, and I mean, I think for me it was yeah like uh, at least this thing is being discussed because there definitely needs to be more discussions about this like, Um, mm. in the sense that I don't think. Uh, I mean, just based online, there is a lot of people talking about how uh, just having domestic helpers is like modern slavery and all that. And I think that is also a bit extreme because mm. I think, I mean, I would like to think that there can be cases of like real good working relationships. Mm. Um, and for a domestic helper coming here, like more than often, uh, like even when, when I talk to the to our part-time helper and all, yeah, she's from the Philippines and the money does help improve the lives of her family back home and all. So mm. I wouldn't go so far as to say that, oh, all forms of domestic help, help, live-in help is horrible and all. But then I think why it's important that these discussions be had is because there definitely is a dynamic uh, or like mm. a power imbalance, lah, right? Mm. Uh, with all this talk about the workplace, you know, officers and all where your boss and this, there's so much talk about how there is a power dynamic. I don't think there's enough talk about how for domestic helpers at home, that power dynamic is so much more. Mm. So much yeah. more. And and there needs to be things put in place to prevent abuse. La. Because mm. even between the people I know, like extended family and all that, I've heard cases yeah, like um, super strange like a like unnecessarily uh strict i know i don't live mm. there so mm. there might be things i don't see but it feels like and those relationships are never good like and then there's so much tension and just feels like wow that and if there's tension the dynamic is kind of skewed like the power dynamic one party definitely has the upper hand yeah yeah Correct. so i think it's good that they have this sort of thing i think now instead of just one 
visit within the first year they're doing two visits to the household or the domestic helper a year mm. yeah lah so I guess it's a good good thing in I hope there's more conversations about this yeah uh, yeah I mean the I do see some comments online asking what what the hell like how can you even just like even like uh, one day a month how is that even how is that even like a human humane lah right yeah but the truth is and, and I, I mean full disclosure I also have a, a domestic helper mm. at home as well like, you know And the, but the truth is uh, whether it was COVID or not sometimes uh, you know helper also tells, tells us she doesn't want to go out today like, she'd rather just stay at home and rest mm. you know and she stays at home and rest like, you know or, or, or if she if she stays at home and rest sometimes we say uh, okay but if you're going to be home like you can work half a day or something like that like, and then we'll pay you half a day salary and all Mm. You know, so there there can be some give and take between the employer, and and it's a, it'll be a, uh, you, I think you don't want to fall on the track of like speaking for people as to what they should want, like mm. you know, one thing that off day every every week. Because I think what we've discovered in the past couple of years is that actually going out in Singapore is very expensive, lah, right? Mm. Mm. And it's like now whether you're taking Gojek or you take public transport, everything everything just adds up a bit, lah. And for let's say for someone who's try, really trying to save, save money and all that, it can feel like uh, I'd rather not be outside, you know, in the sweltering heat and everything, and then not spending money shopping lah. So it, it, I mean, I, we don't have any stats to back that up lah. But the that, that's generally what I've also come to understand lah. You know, you can't force someone, hey, please go and and have your off day, don't stay in the house, that kind of thing lah. Mm. Yeah. Then that becomes a whole different thing. Yeah. They really want to just stay at home, chill. Yeah, please like, go out there. There's, like, there's COVID. There's 6,000 people got COVID <laughs> yesterday, but please go, go outside. Out. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and, and don't forget also that, uh, you know, a lot of the public spaces that, that uh, migrant workers used to gather at and all, uh, yeah, you know, they, a lot of them have been you know, taken over by, by you know, uh, some development or property and all that. And, and yeah, you know, um, if I recall correctly, last time, remember when the Orchard MRT, before Ion was built, like like their whole patch was just a grass patch, remember? Yeah. Yeah, and then I remember on weekends, a lot of uh, domestic helpers would gather around the, the area, lah, just outside the Orchard MRT uh, entrance, mm. open air entrance. So, but yeah, the, the whole space has been taken over by Ion Orchard. Uh, so yeah, they you start to see them going to different parts different places or so lah, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I'm just saying that there's not not that, uh, there, there's probably fewer uh, comfortable places to really congregate lah, even if they wanted to. Um, so yeah, it's it's not, it's not the, the, I think the mandatory day off is good in the sense that uh, it forces both the helper and the employer to acknowledge that, yeah, lah, you know, human beings can't be cooped up at home all day like right yeah at least once every four weeks you you, you need to get out like. and and also the i think also uh probably there'll be more uh doctors also be held more accountable for 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 what they uh how they how they check up on the on domestic helpers as well yeah you know uh so yeah i mean all these things do point in the right direction i mean there's still a long way to go from in in Singapore society, I mean, you still hear horror stories of not only abuse lah, but just basically, like you know, helpers being uh you know forced to to sit on the floor and eat, you know, versus the, when the family eats at the table, things like that, or, or or uh you know, the helpers you know just standing outside a restaurant waiting while the family dines dines inside the restaurant. Uh, I mean, you heard of these kind of things before. I mean, I've you can see them. Like, you see I've them around, like yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just a, a very. Uh, I mean, it just makes you feel uncomfortable inside. It's not against the law or anything, but it's just like the 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 feeling of segregation is just uh, just inherently just makes most a lot of people feel uncomfortable, like, Right. Yeah. But the things that we're not employers, we can't tell them that you can't do this, like, Right. Yeah. Yeah. But but I mean, right now the the I know for. Employ soon to be employers, they have to go through some sort of orientation or something, like, Right? What what yeah, does that yeah, look yeah. like? Uh? uh, it's some online kind of uh training. Uh. Online yeah. training. Yeah, uh, at least during COVID, it was uh, it was online. Yeah. Mm. Online training. And, and I think if I'm not wrong, there was a test also. If I'm not wrong, I can't remember exactly. Mm. Yeah. 
but, so, but I mean, you can't teach someone to be to nice, be friendly. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> be a nice person. Don't be a don't be an asshole. Don't be a segregationist asshole. And like right now, are there avenues for domestic helpers to give feedback on their employer after they leave or something? Uh, I mean, primarily through the agent, I think. Hmm. But uh, it's a uh, yeah. But that's why it, I mean, at the end of the day, it is a employer-employee kind of relationship as well, lah. Yeah. And how you how you structure your you know your relationship with with uh you know someone who's not only working with you but also living in your house and everything, uh, is up to you, lah. But um, I, I would say people need to need to understand you need to treat it people need to treat it with more care la. I mean I don't claim to be the, the, the saint or anything like that but but I think like, I try to take it an, an approach where you know when, when we talk to a helper it's really about uh, okay you you're, you're, you want something I want something let's find a way to make it win-win for everyone mm, la, right mm, mm, mm. you know and you're a human being I'm a human being we have our feelings and frustrations and all this is normal and we just need to talk through them uh, I mean, at least you... Because sometimes when I see the way people treat, it really feels like they don't see them as humans. Uh. Yeah, um, yeah. And this one, I've 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 heard some people I know, like uh, whatever, the way they talk, is like, oh shit, uh, what the hell happened there? But yeah. I think it's partly also because you know how like in the office, right? The, you realize that if you're working in a certain role versus managing people, right? Mm. Managing people is a whole different skill set. Yeah, right? yeah. And it's right. not easy. But... Would you agree when I say that if you're an employer of a domestic helper, ultimately you're a manager? Yeah, 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 definitely you right. manage. And, I and you have to live with the person as well. Like, yeah. yeah, and I don't think like we are born with management skills. Everyone has to learn them, yeah. Everyone has to learn. So that's why I feel like, oh, if you get a helper, like learning how to manage another human being is a whole skill set and with the power dynamics so imbalanced. I think, yeah, there's... I think these sort of issues and I shout out to all those agencies that are doing um, non-profit work or lobbying for more discussions like this like, because it is fucking important. I don't think there'll ever be a day where, you know, like living helpers are, are no longer a vocation or something. Though I did find one interesting article back in 2015 or 2016 uh, that Indonesia as a country mm. was at that, at, at that point thinking about stopping sending live-in maids abroad mm. to protect them from abuse. La. And they said they wanted mm. to only allow live-out maids. Yeah. And there's actually quite a few articles, opinion pieces, editorials about sh- is it time for us to think about the concept of live-out ma- uh, helpers. Mm. Yeah. So so just like how people get part-time help once a week, this one is almost like a job. They come to your house, yeah. they, they, uh, they work the whole day and then they leave. But... Yeah. That brings up a whole other bunch of questions, like where will they live? Yeah. You know what I've, is the. I've, I've heard of uh, expatriate families. Yeah, they get additional budget to rent a separate apartment for a helper to live. Uh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it, like these days, these days, these days, these days. Yeah, in Singapore, like expatriates, they so they they, they because uh in Western countries especially. I think they're not used to the idea of living help. La. They're not used to that concept. They, they find it very intrusive on their privacy. So they literally get a budget for to help, you know, maybe not a house, but rent a, you know, a room, a HGB, a room in a HGB or something like that, a separate room for the helper to stay. And the helper comes every morning at eight or nine and then leaves after six. La. They get a budget from, you mean like from themselves or from their companies? The companies are the companies. What? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. So here we are grinding away the you know, grinding away at the freelance creative life. And, you know, there they are, the the you know, the, the expatriates. The expatriates. Getting, getting the budgets for uh domestic helps uh apartment. La. But you know, but but I, I can't I can't fathom that being sustainable because Rest, I mean, it's so expensive in Singapore, right? Rental and real estate. Yeah, all. that's that's the yeah. tricky part. It, it, I think there's the expense. If, there, if Singapore had more space, then you can imagine. Uh, because, uh, yeah, like just reading some articles and like some comments around, they say, yeah, okay, um, that sounds great. But then employers must be willing to pay more. Mm. Um, because ultimately the meals that the domestic helpers will need to take care of, which I assume most of which for most helpers come from the food they cook for the families as well. They will yeah, have to manage yeah. it, and there's transport and all that. Um, but yeah, at least at least it's it's a worthwhile discussion, I think, uh, mm-hmm. to to have, la. Because ultimately, 
these people are human beings. Uh, yeah. Many of them have left their families. They like what you said. They also come here for in hope for like helping themselves, helping their families yeah. lead better lives, lah. Yeah. And, and you know the same things that we talk about the work, the workplace, right? Like oh, uh, Gen Y, so difficult to manage. Like I mean, don't forget these these helpers, these younger helpers coming in are also Gen Y helpers also, lah. They also on TikTok. In fact, sometimes you see you see you see groups of uh, domestic helpers. Uh, they 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 they're doing TikTok videos and all that. You know when they meet up on their on their weekends and all. Yeah. So, so they they have the same uh, hobbies, the same wants and desires as as you know every average Singaporean Gen Y, kind of. Yeah. It's just that they yeah like their country you know the 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 uh, economic situation their country doesn't allow allow those kind of things so they they choose to come out lah yeah mm. and um, you know uh, at, at the end of the day it's up to them it's also their choice lah right you know. Yeah, uh, we can't say we can't say for them that oh, it's not good for you to to do this at all because, uh, for I I think for I I don't I don't also again I don't want to speak for them but I think there's also the element of of wanting to get out of the country and and you know uh uh you know work work outside of the own country and to be able to provide for their family at home mm, right mm, mm. Yeah. yeah but so it's but that's what that's what I wonder like, what happened like in in Singapore and like uh, other societies like I think Hong Kong Malaysia. It's, it almost feels like once you have a big family, uh, if you are both working at all as a domestic helper, is 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 a uh, probably something families turn to like. Then in the West, right? Mm. What happens? How like they're not used to living helpers. Um, I mean, yeah, for me also like I think the part time help is as as long as I can sustain it, that would be great. But in the West, where you have working couples with kids and all. I have no idea how they manage it because in mm. in the east it feels like it's almost unfathomable. Yeah, but I guess that's what, that's where it comes down boils down to uh, uh the perception uh also lah right in the west where uh, I okay we have, let's say like the Nordic countries or something I understand that their uh welfare policies for right. you know for child child rearing and all that are much more progressive than in the place like Singapore lah. Like the debt taking childcare leave and all that is not frowned upon like it is here. Mm. You know, over here it's still very uh, patriarchal. Like what? You know, the dad is staying at home to take care of the kid. How can like that? It should be the mother and all that, like you know. Mm. Uh, so and and I understand also that getting help is is very expensive, lah. Right? Yeah. They 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 either they the government taxes it a lot or or just in general like yeah get, getting manpower is just uh, expensive if you're getting it for yourself, lah. So uh, all this push people towards like all all these factors push people towards really learning how to juggle family and work everything much more in a much more uh, cohesive. Uh, what's the term? Not cohesive. Like, what's the term? Holistic way, like, Right? You know, mm. where you don't outsource it to someone else outside of the family and all that. Because even the concept of like in laws, right? Where in laws help to take care of children. Uh, you, you think about a place like America or what? There, a lot of people live. They live in the cities and not where they grew up. You know, so they don't even have that 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 support network of in laws to or, or parents to help them, Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's uh yeah it, it's it's crazy tough, la. And that's why, I mean, I I personally knew of some friends from university who moved to Singapore purely because, uh, they it was easier to get domestic help to take care of their family. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they could still maintain sort of a, like a developed country lifestyle and all that, right? I see, I see. Yeah. Wow. So it's a, you know, it's a, it's, very, it's a very complicated relationship between domestic help and, and employers and all that as well, right? Yeah. As in, there's no easy answer or easy uh, way to characterize who these people are, right? Or what they want. Yeah. Yeah. So but but for, for you, yeah. for you, like... Uh, when you see your people your age, your your friends with family, uh, young young families and all, uh, when you see how they take care of the helpers, do you feel it's different from uh, the generation prior? No, I mean I seen it feels like similar because to me it's still a spectrum. I, I know some people my age they really treat their helpers like family, you know, uh, sit at the same table, go on trips with them and stuff like that. On the other hand, I've seen people just really like there's tension lah, there's forever tension. Forever mm. tension. So yeah. I, I would 
I'm I'm also it feels like yeah it's it's the spectrum lah which I see in the older generation and my generation as well. Mm. And I know like whatever happens in a household, commenting from the outside, you never know what goes on lah, right? Yeah. yeah. Because just like any situation, not all helpers are are perfect, right? Yeah. Um. So I think yeah, I I I would just observe lah. I just observe. Mm-hmm. I just observe. Yeah. But, but yeah, like, it's yeah. it's just a good discussion. I mean, just to close off the Indonesia thing, uh, in I think a year later they reversed their decision, lah, and they continue yeah. to send the helpers. But mm. there is a ban on twenty one Middle Eastern countries since twenty fifteen for Indonesian uh, Indonesian helpers, lah. Oh really? Yeah, where there mm. was a series of abuse cases, and apparently in twenty sixteen twenty seventeen they said the ban would still stay in place. I'm not sure if it's still there or not. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, but I guess because yeah, I mean, it is it is a discussion that seems to be growing. Like what you say, like it's not just a Singapore thing. Yeah, and I think it's good. It's a good thing. Yeah, cool, man. But yeah, wow. Uh, what a topic. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm very I'm very glad that you managed to dig out some information and find. Uh, you know, generally we are getting more transparent, lah, with with these kind of things, mm-hmm. lah, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes transparency isn't always a great thing. Oh, and and <laughs> as you will find out in our next topic. So, what is our next topic about? <laughs> what a segue, lah, Terence. Let me yeah, just take a moment to compliment that segue. <laughs> yeah, yeah slow clap, slow clap. Yeah, slow yeah. clap, because the next topic is the news that um. A Malaysian Instagram model who we have spoken about previously, um, yeah. her, her latest debacle or kerfuffle is that she wore a see-through top, uh, i.e. Yeah. a transparent top without a bra in a London museum, yeah. um, which uh, kind of drew a lot of criticism. So mm-hmm. most of the the first picture she did that caused some waves was she was at the British Museum and there's a picture of her lifting up her sweater to show her cleavage and bra. Uh, with yeah. the caption "beautiful sculptures" like, and there's sculptures in the background. <laughs> uh, then yep, yep. the next photo after that was um, uh, of just her walking in the London Museum wearing a see-through top. Like. So the first articles yeah. I saw, they they blacked out like with a black bar across her chest. Yeah. Um, and then of course people on on Instagram and all were like, "What the fuck is this? Why? Why does Instagram allow this?" Then when you see the picture, yeah, it really is quite transparent, like. Mm, it is. It is. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised it got through Instagram's algorithm. I thought Instagram was like anti anti nipples or something. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Somehow right. it got through. So, yeah. so this influencer, her name is Miss Pui. She's yeah. a Malaysian um, influencer, and we previously spoke about her because she had one photo where she was wearing the traditional Vietnamese costume, just mm. the top lah. And yeah. the bottom was just showing her undergarments, mm. and people called out for disrespecting the national costume, lah. Yeah, yeah. So right. this latest thing—I mean, if you go to her Instagram profile, she's clearly a provocateur, lah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it doesn't really say. I mean, it, it, they say it draws some criticism, lah. But, but it, I mean, a museum is not exactly a religious or holy place. Or anything like that. Like, I mean, it's a public sp- space, yes, but it's it's not like a you know, it's not religiously offensive to people, right? If you if you if you're wearing something like uh, or you're showing off a cleavage in front of sculptures, yeah, it's right? not, yeah, and neither is it in front of like those paintings. I mean, if you, I mean, the, some of the paintings are paintings of nude people, so like, right? Yeah. So if a, if one of the visitors also happens to show their nipples, yeah, I mean it's not it's not a terrible thing, lah, Right? You can't throw them out, lah. I suppose. Fuck lah! Like that got a naked statue at Boat Key showing a man's penis. I go there and show my penis. <laughs> no, no. I thought, oh, because the statue shows his penis, I can show my penis. But she doesn't show. She doesn't. She's not exposing her any of her of, of the parts. It's just see through. You know what true I mean? lah, but if you look at the photo, it is damn see true. <laughs> it is damn see true on a scale of one to ten of see true. How how see true is it? It is like a nine lah, with yeah, ten being it, like yeah. saran wrap. Yeah, I give it close to a nine. Yeah, yeah. It's nine lah. See true. So when I mean, wow, this is one of those things that okay. So clearly, she understands social media. 
and clickbait stuff like she has. No, and she 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 can she defeated the Instagram nipple algorithm, the one that's designed to catch nipples. Yeah, she defeated it. She probably has like done a lot of research on the ma- maximum amount of nipple exposure that can be shown without. Uh, infringing on Instagram's laws, like, yeah. right? Yeah, down to the saturation and everything, and yeah. the color and all, that, right? Yeah, so she has 18.2 million followers on Instagram. So she's not yeah. a small time influencer, you know? Mm. And I think she's super entrepreneurial because she has a cosmetic line, she has a skincare line, she's also been on Penthouse. So yeah. it's not just some random influencer kind of thing. So when, like, okay, so, but the thing is, when I saw the the photos of her with the black bars covering, covering her cleavage, I was like, I can't be can't be that offensive and all. But then when I saw the actual photo, I was like, hmm. You're okay. offended. You got offended. I wouldn't say I was offended, la, but then, if I was walking in a museum and I saw that, I was like, uh, uh okay, like um like I, I don't know, if I had my kid with me or my I mean my fictional. Don't bring out the fictional the fictional <laughs> kid and say you're offended on behalf of the kid. But let's say, let's say, like what you're saying. You look you don't don't look at the one in the in the French Museum. Let's say the British Museum one. You look she's standing behind the sculptures, looking you know, That one corner. I'm okay. That one I'm okay. Then let's say let's say uh, let's assume it's that like, that she all she does is get the drag the photographer to a corner of the museum. Yeah. And then she lifts up her shirt or opens up her shirt, revealing more, and then they snap a shot like that. Like. That one I'm Would okay. You, la. That's okay. Uh, I'm okay. La. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, so as long as nobody live sees it, lah. Nobody live sees it. Right? I mean, even if live see it, uh, I'm like. Okay, but I your mean, imaginary kid, eh, the imaginary kid that you're with, like. <laughs> then I just close his imaginary eyes, lah. <laughs> or her imaginary eyes. I'll be yeah. like, okay, don't look, don't look. Hey, what's that? Oh shit! Is that Superman? <laughs> Have an imaginary conversation with him. Yeah. 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 But okay, yeah, I mean, no, no, that's what I'm. I'm very puzzled, like. I'm not puzzled, but I'm very interested to find out how, uh, yeah, like what what angle at which she's actually taking this picture, cause I yeah I, I can't can't imagine I'm 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 assuming that these places she's going British Museum, uh the Lou, uh, the National Art Gallery in London, I'm sure they're crowded lah, right? They're not they're tourist hotspots and all, so how does she find that, you know that spot where she can just do this and no but no hoo ha around her and and you know it looks like. It looks relatively empty around her. So, so it must take quite a bit of planning. Like they probably got to like strike the museum when it's like the least uh, crowded, right? True, but no. I mean, yeah, like least crowded. And from our time also doing like uh, recce's last time when we shot on the, on the street videos, hidden camp stuff, there's always a, a corner to find. Yeah. Um, I think there's always a, a corner to find. So, so I mean, honestly, even like the one that, sh- uh, the very, very transparent top, I'll be like, oh, yeah. okay, that person's wearing something like, like I wouldn't ask, hey, can you, can she be, please be kicked out or something? Mm. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe her top also has has been made to accentuate uh, nipples. Maybe mm. it's like a, maybe, a, <laughs> maybe it's skin like skin color, flesh color, skin color. Maybe it's a design. I don't know, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, like, So. But, but okay, it's like for you, like you saw her walking around the National Art Gallery with that really transparent top. So so that's where I, I come to realize maybe, you know, we, we have, we carry around this sense of shame, right? Of showing skin and everything, right? Yeah. But um, maybe for her, given she's already a penthouse model and everything, she's already transcended that, lah, you know? It, it's like, she for her, it's just like, yeah, even if I show my nipples in public, no big deal, right? Get, get over it, you know? And it's prudes like you and me that that's still like hee 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 she can see her nipples you can't think you know what I mean like like it's like imagine <laughs> if you are like a you're like a like like you you're, you're direct you're a director and all that and then you get you get uh, hired to direct your first porn scene and all that mm. and you just got to you just got to walk on and it's like you just got to act like it's nothing like right you know it's the most normal thing ever and you're just directing action like right yeah uh, if you start going like hee hee I can see your nipple that kind of thing then People won't take you seriously, and, and they'll, they'll just like kick you out, like, Probably after a while. Mm. Um, so I maybe I, I had this feeling maybe she's already surrounded by photographers, and she's already so famous that it's like everywhere you go, she, you know she's gonna drop one of these like naked selfies, uh, And it, and that's and a thing, That's a thing, yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. It's like it's like you know the you know that that Singaporean uncle who's going around to every bus stop and dancing and getting people to dance with him on TikTok. 
Oh, I thought you said the Singaporean uncle who's taking photos with scarecrows all around Singapore. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> that one different. That one different uncle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the, the guy who's going around dancing with people and then and then he gets members of the public to dance with him in his videos. Mm. I mean, hers is this criminal law. Like, she just goes to a place and drops, you know, drops the dipple and then that's it. Lah. That's just her, this, it's just her job, you know. It's just like every regular thing. It's no, they feel no shame about it. It's just no, no apologies, no shame, nothing. Lah. Yeah. I guess... Yeah. I guess so because, and of course we are two dudes talking about this. Um, I don't know what what uh, the the female listeners listening listening to this also feel. Uh, mm. I would appreciate your comments and thoughts, but but in some way also like uh, okay. So even take some, for example some of the videos we did in the past, right? Um, mm. There was at least one or two videos that involved like my clothes coming off in public. Ah yes, <laughs> right? right? Yes. Well, uh, we felt shame, right? We felt shame. Did we? I mean, okay, like I, I, I felt like okay. So the context there was one where we would ask people to take photos of me posing, and then <laughs> someone, one of our teammates, would pull a fishing line, and my clothes would come off, leaving me in boxers and suspenders, like, mm-hmm. and then I would run off, and then we we would catch their reactions. Uh, so I mean, like we always got their consent uh, after making those videos, but I can imagine people who maybe were not part of the video and saw like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And maybe that was our that was our thing back then, lah. This is her thing now, lah. Mm, mm, right. But 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 I asked whether you felt shame in the sense that, uh, yeah, lah. We 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 sort of planned it such that the you would spend the minimum amount of time uh, in your underwear, standing in the public in your underwear, lah. Right. Yeah. Correct. Like we would run off and or like quickly get something to cover you and all these things like It's not like we we room your clothes came off and then yeah. after that you just happily walk around yeah. like nothing happened like right. Yeah, yeah it yeah, was yeah. during those runs for cover where I would question what the fuck I'm doing in my life like. <laughs> yeah. uh, like we did it in the CBD at Chevron yeah. House and always when the clothes come off and I run and I just see people looking at me I'm like, Ooh, I left the corporate world to do this, yeah. yay! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, fun times are. Huh? But but yeah, it, it's times. quite. So so yeah. So that's that's why where I'm going towards is that yeah lah. Uh, we we still it wasn't part of our brand and everything. So we still felt quite, uh, you know, quite embarrassing lah to be running around your or one of our team members running around the underwear and all that lor. Mm. Uh, whereas yeah, I feel maybe maybe for this uh Pui Miss Pui, she's already transcended that. And it's 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 not an issue at all and. It's just part of a brand to do this, really. Yeah, I think it is part of a brand. You go to an Instagram profile, it's all about just provocative pictures. So, yeah. I mean, kudos to her for understanding her audience, understanding what worked, and still not doing anything illegal. Mm. Um, so, it's just it's just interesting. But I really want to hear from, from other people as well because this is one of those things that is not like a life and death situation or something. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just like... Uh, an interesting, interesting uh, debacle. Yeah, yeah. So, so in Singapore, if you went to National Gallery or something, yeah, and you saw someone doing this lah, taking photos like that, and it's her, it's her lah, it's her, it's just her yeah. doing her thing. What would you do? Call police? No lah. No lah. I wouldn't call police. No. Um, I'll just be like, oh, okay. I mean, if I were to walk past someone doing a TikTok dance at National Gallery. Uh, um, and after that I see this person wearing a uh, transparent top that shows the nipples I'll be like um, alright cool that's that's the world we live in that's the world we live in <laughs> young kids these days you know like young kids these young days young kids these days back in my day <laughs> back in my day nipples couldn't be seen yeah. you know the um, yeah so so I mean the, there's also a lot of talk on Instagram about like oh you know how how come men's nipples are allowed, women's nipples are not allowed? Yeah, yeah. Right. So, never knew nipples would be so so polarizing. Eh? Correct, correct, correct. Yeah. And then, uh, well, but yeah, like, kudos to her for somehow managing to, to you know, uh, put herself back in the news again uh, after after every every couple of months, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, not easy. Every couple of months, man. But yeah, cool. Cool, uh, man. Shall we move on to what your one shook comment is? Can. And would you like to go first? Yeah. Uh, I think uh, on the on our subreddit for the post on episode 290, there's a post ab- uh, about whether Singaporean women should do NS and Elon Musk wanting to reverse the Twitter ban on Donald Trump. 
Um, I think there's a, a very, very, very long post by Extreme Use Eight One Six Three from from I mean from ten days ago lah. But I think Extreme Use Eight One Six Three is a is a is a mod for quite a number of subreddits and, and including supposedly including a subreddit that has more than two hundred fifty thousand subs lah. So he's also modded a lot of different forums and then basically he said he can't wait for Elon Musk to start running Twitter and to eat his words about free speech and content moderation. Uh, so he, he gives a very, he goes a long spiel about how, you know, the fo- most forums and, and, and groups of uh, online, con- uh, online, online groups start with very good intentions but they're always eventually killed by a couple of bad actors. Uh. Mm. You know, it shuts people up, it kills conversation, kills like real community spirit, everything. So it'll be, I mean, yeah, like, this is, this is also the general sense that I, I, I also get like, from from everything Elon Musk says is that, you know, he's very reliant on, he's probably going to very be very reliant on some algorithm or something to catch, you know, uh, spammers and, and, and fake bots and things like that. But um, it's going to be tough, like, it's going to be very tough, like, yeah. Mm. So, so, but, but, so yeah, but I wanted to thank Extreme Use uh, A163 uh, for, you know, for, for really laying out why they think so. La. I see. Okay, cool. Uh, my my one short comment is um, a lot more, how you say, uh, mm. di- uh, just made, made me smile a bit. La. It was easy mm. way from three days ago. Who says, I agree with Harish that Batman isn't good despite the reviews. Other than a few really nice scenes using lights, the pace is just too slow and the character just mumbles to go through the stories. Time to be doubtful about Top Gun Maverick 2. Hope Terrence can prove otherwise. <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. Fuck that, yeah. I read that also. I didn't understand why, why, why. I have nothing to prove. I have nothing to prove. I also didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I didn't like, I liked Batman, but I didn't love it as much as like the Dark Knight or anything like that. But I wouldn't go so far as to be negative about the Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was still an enjoyable, enjoyable experience. But I am looking forward to Top Gun Maverick. I, yeah, I, am, yeah. I am looking forward to Top Gun Maverick. Uh, yeah. And I really, really hope that uh, it lives up to it. So that's what I'm a, trying, a, to, trying to manage my expectations. Gen- it will cross generations, you know. Like like even my my in-laws and all that, they're, they're excited to watch it. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah so like we're, we're trying to see if we can do it as a family if possible. Yeah. That's oh, how shit. that's how long it's been, you know. This is, and and if it's if that if it's as good or better than the first one, then it's like wow, it's pretty amazing. Eh? I see, I see, I see. Yeah. Oh, that is cool. But yeah, that is cool. but but uh, yeah, the Batman. I mean, understand like I understand why why people don't like it all, and I can totally see why. But yeah, like, it's just it still was an enjoyable one for me, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Cool. And then now, the one short thing. Yeah. Uh, my mine's a, a podcast. Mm. Uh, I think I talked before about uh the WTS podcast with Steve Ramsey, who's a he's a woodworker, and he interviews creative people who are also happen to be uh, into woodworking, and one of his latest episodes actually is, uh, featuring Dan Harmon, the writer, executive producer, and creator of Rick and Morty. Who apparently is also a woodworker, who you know also uh posts a lot about his woodworking hobby on Instagram. Uh. Mm. So so it's 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 very interesting because uh the the podcast is titled Dan Harmon and the Hero's Journey of Woodworking. So Dan Harmon, I think I think he's very he's very articulate and, and very funny, and uh he you know, he's known to be creatively he you know he has a lot of creative squabbles with networks over whether it was Community or Rick and Morty and all that. Uh, but you can sort of see why now, like he's he's someone who really, and, and you know, lives in a you know in his inside his mind, and is a very creative mind, and and yeah, he he talks a lot about the philosophy of woodworking and why it appeals to someone like him versus you know other other types of people, and uh, yeah, it's just a very interesting take on 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 uh, woodworking like, from from the EP of uh, from the creator of Rick and Morty, like, yeah. Oh wow. That and, and but but does he does he do anything like woodworking related while during the podcast or no? No no, but he talks about the whole hobby that he has of, of woodworking, why he's very into it, and uh, you know uh, how it parallels with, with his creative work, uh, as well as like uh, you know he talks about how 
you know, he's got money now, so he actually bought uh, his neighbor's house, and he's basically like DIYing his the entire neighbor's house, lah. And he calls it, but he calls it his friend's Dylan's house, uh, you know. And oh he's, like, he's, he's turning it into a bad cave uh, for himself. So so he, you can follow, you can literally follow like what he's doing on his own, uh, on his own Instagram. Like he talks about uh, how you know how he's like all the latest gear that he bought and everything to to help him do crazy stuff like like he bought a most recently i think he bought a this giant hoist because he's got 20 foot ceilings in his in his in this new house so he had to buy this hoist that could help him lift up machinery to to do things uh on the ceiling uh. wow it's pretty crazy yeah shit yeah. <laughs> but then this kind of thing you can only expect from someone who's made probably made a lot of money from you know, producing rigor morty and now like he's just spending his time just doing all these funky things. Huh? Wow. Yeah. It's cool, man. Yeah. Cool, cool. Okay, yeah, my no, my one short thing is that um there was a period of time in the past where I used to watch PewDiePie quite often because uh PewDiePie is like the most subscribed to YouTuber uh, is an as an individual. Uh, and yeah. for the longest time he was the biggest YouTuber and he's been doing it don't know how fucking long already and his videos are very personality driven like he doesn't do fancy vfx or anything it's just his personality like and he started off as a gaming youtuber then i never used to watch then one point when he started just you know doing social commentary and sharing his honest thoughts on things i thought it was very interesting and then kind of died down and then now i feel tempted to start watching him again because he recently just moved to japan Oh, really? Yeah. He said he was oh. planning it for two years. He was supposed to leave after he got married. But because of COVID and all, it's been super challenging to do that. And then now he, he just, he's arrived in Japan. Him and his wife are there with his pets. And mm. he's just sharing like getting used to Japan. And it's, it's fucking, it's, it's, it's almost like you're like happy for him. And like, oh, this guy is the next mm. chapter of his life. And like, I'm, I'm, I've been, I'm super tempted to watch his videos again. But isn't it? There seems to. I'm just googling it. And it seems like there's a backlash about him moving to Japan. Huh? Is it? But what? Uh, uh? Some apparently, according to headlines, some people believe that uh, PewDiePie is ill prepared for life in the country. You know. But the backlash is about his ill preparedness. Uh, yeah. About uh. because you know he's very brash. He makes, uh, and then he's been known to make. Uh, sometimes insensitive remarks or videos and things like that. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. And especially in a place like Japan, that when the quorum and all is 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 very important. But uh, yeah. Yeah. So so. But that makes yeah, it more really. interesting to watch, man. Like I uh, mean, he, yeah, he like, has yeah. been he has been quite open about his love for Japan and wanting to move there in the past, and and now that he's there, I think like I also want to see what happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's I think true, it's quite true. Oh. it's quite quite interesting. It's much closer to us now than, than before. Huh? Yeah, similar time zone also. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So. So. And I mean, I like how over the years he's still the biggest creator, but he. Yeah, he doesn't start appearing at the Met Gala or some shit like that, and it just mm. still feels like okay, lah. He. You're you're really hearing from a from a person. That is true. That is true. Yeah. 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 So That's why I. I yeah. I haven't. I mean, I don't really subscribe to his stuff, but. But occasionally I hear of him, but I haven't actually heard from about him in quite a while. Man. Yeah, yeah, correct, yeah. correct, correct. So, yeah, so yeah, cool. man, cool. Nice. All right, first first podcast of the week done. We covered some hottiest topics. Yeah, hottiest topics of the week. Hottiest topics. And let's go. Let's go on. Uh, yeah, being transparent with our lives. Uh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool, man. <laughs> All right. All right. Cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to y'all soon. <laughs>